Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify, the fast, lean learning machine. The fastest learning, most revenue generating personalization platform for e-commerce. Welcome to the e-commerce growth show. Well, it's another lovely hot day today. And actually I had a uh, night number two in the tent last night. Kids were a little bit better. And um, I always fall asleep when I put them to sleep. So I actually ended up going to bed by about nine and uh, woke up at 5.30 this morning. And now I'm getting a feeling for how the kids feel at that time in the morning when they kind of usually jump into my bedroom and jump all over me. Um, I actually felt pretty fresh this morning. So 5.30, I was up, getting the breakfast. So all good. Um, anyway, so this channel is, as you know, all about helping e-commerce retailers grow their business, grow more revenue. Um, but also we've had the honor, as you know, to support those uh, who have been uh, a little bit affected by COVID. And um, I have uh, the pleasure of introducing a lady called Natalie James, who is a uh, runs a, a consulting company called eConcept Consulting, has been in business for about five years, specializing in consumer packaged goods, which as I know now, um, CPGs is what I learned from Rachel Pride the other day. Um, those things that are basically lining the aisles of the supermarkets, from tea bags to hygiene goods or whatever. Um, actually, Natalie at the moment is in Biritz of all places. Um, I can think of worse places to be, uh, blistering heat, I believe, and uh, waiting to come home. <laughs> and her husband works for Quicksilver. Um, so uh, they're waiting to relocate back to back to the UK. But um, I'm super excited to introduce Natalie. Hello, Natalie. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, thanks. Good to speak to you today. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. And I hear the weather's great over there as well, right? It is. It's absolutely gorgeous at the moment. We've had, we've been really lucky, uh, like I think you guys have over in the UK as well, had a gorgeous sunshine, yeah. which makes a, a huge difference to the day. Absolutely. Well, why don't we start with you got, uh, sort of telling us a little bit about um, something about yourself. And you mentioned maybe to ask you about a, a challenge you've overcome in the last sort of 12 months probably related to Brits, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. I think um, <laughs> it's funny. We had this, uh, yeah, as you mentioned just earlier, um, so coming up to three years ago, my family mm -hmm. and I um, had the opportunity with my husband's work um, to move over to mm -hmm. Biritz. I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't even know where it was. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I know, and um, little did I know at the time, it's actually Europe's um, surf capital, hence obviously Quicksilver being here. Um, so oh, yeah. we is I mean it's an awesome awesome place to to live and work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we sort of thought we'd go ahead with it and give it give it, um, throw ourselves into it. But one of the biggest challenges we decided yeah. to go after was um, to take up the chance to learn to surf, of course. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so um, it's not something <laughs> I've ever done before, and certainly wasn't something I was planning yeah. on doing. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, lo and behold, I think we, I, I sort of pulled a, together a group of uh, other other girls in the area and we um, just, yeah. set up with an instructor, and then we decided to try and learn as quickly yeah. as possible. And so we went out for sort of six months, weather permitting, whenever we could. And uh, yeah. yeah, I was battered by waves and face planted and fell in like numerous times. Yeah. But now I can finally <laughs> say I can catch a wave by myself um so yeah, amazing definitely amazing. one of the hardest challenges I think I've ever faced yeah the language and the culture's one thing yeah. but that was just on a different scale so I have total respect for for pro surfers because it's really difficult yeah. <laughs> I 
know. I know. Tell me about it. I, I've never had the opportunity, so I'm a bit gutted actually. But um, I, on and off for like decades, I've you know gone down to Devon mm-hmm. in our little you know caravan down in um, Bratton Fleming, yeah, and um, you know tried you know weather permitting, which is like twice a year or something when I need these perfect like conditions yeah. of three foot clean yeah. to do anything. Um, so uh, I've I still after all these years, I've still got the you know like a I don't know a seven foot half foam half epoxy board and I still can't carve on it but I can just about get up and have a bit of a laugh but um I I'm still determined to actually like do a wave properly today yeah yeah but um yeah I still haven't I still haven't nailed it yet so when you come back over um, yeah yeah, I need to sort of, uh, you know, knock on your door and get some tips. Maybe you can take me out <laughs> Don't know on the waves, right? Give me, give me, some, <laughs> give me some lessons. Yeah, right. Oh, oh fantastic. <laughs> so anyway, so, so um, moving on to the sort of overarching theme of today's chat. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to talk to you about this, obviously from your, your expertise from a consultant perspective. But mm-hmm. you picked up on this thing, which um, is really interesting and, and I think very relevant for the moment, which mm-hmm. is all about the older generation of um, shoppers. And this kind of cohort, this demographic of people who probably historically haven't really had to do a lot or had much inclination to buy online, um, all of a sudden found themselves through COVID and the lockdowns and so on, forced online. Mm -hmm. And so in the the wake of the fact that lockdowns, I don't believe are going to go away anytime Mm. soon, you know, it could be cyclical you know in the sense of maybe managing COVID on a long-term basis Mm -hmm. Uh, or even if it isn't online buyers you know from that generation are now going to be buying online you were kind of mentioning that there might well be a gap in the way in which brands are serving that particular demographic and so the question really was like how how can we what can we or what should we be doing to um, provide a better experience in terms of looking after those guys, keeping them, retaining them, and growing that particular base of customers. Yeah, absolutely spot on. So, so yeah. Sorry, my interruption. Then go on. No, no, go for it. I was just going to say, tell us, tell us, you know, kind of from a summary point of view. Absolutely. Yeah, you. Yeah, you summarised it really well there, and I think it's it's probably stemmed from me speaking probably to my own sort of relatives, family members. Um, and obviously just a yeah. bit of research online that, you know, th- these people have been faced with a, th- a three month lockdown, um, you know, and it's been really sure. quite scary for them. And like you said, they've been forced to, to shop online, whereas they've probably been um, a little bit concerned mm-hmm. about doing that. And um, yeah. it's it's pushed them into a new shopping habit. And I, I, I genuinely mm-hmm. don't believe that when this lockdown is yeah. lifted after three months, I know for certain my mother won't be, yeah. will just be, you know, flinging open the door yeah. and going straight to her nearest. Uh, supermarket there's still going to be a lot of concern there so it's really important that we we sort of look at how all the different online platforms and how brands what can they do be doing differently like you said to nurture um, nurture those new client base because this won't necessarily Mm. be something that uh, had been even considered or built into any previous strategies no no, it makes complete sense. So we had chatted briefly about a few specific areas that you wanted to hone in on that you believe you've picked up as a consultant that would be interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if we start with online security, for example, what what are your thoughts around that area? 
Yeah, and I, I mean, it'd be interesting as well, as I'm sure if you've, um, if yeah. you've spoken to any relatives or whatever, that I find, um, and yeah. again, just from reading some articles and things online, one of the biggest shopping barriers yeah. for the sort of over 70s generation for shopping online mm-hmm. is their security of their bank details. Um, yeah. Still a lot of uncertainty about how secure are these websites? How secure are my bank details going to be? They're absolutely yeah. um, scared about their details being stolen and sold on, etc. So I'm sort of thinking here about what, yeah. what could they be doing yeah, differently to help uh, communicate to them about increasing uh, levels of security for them. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. Um, I know my mum at the moment, she's still... Going down to Morrison's, you know, it would be that whole, I mean, even for me, you know, I, I still don't shop on a mobile. I mean, because, and I'm only 46, like, but I, I still would go onto my laptop ridiculously. (laughs) And I know my wife now is just about sort of doing the the Tesco, these, you know, finding an online, online slot through some underground network of, Hey, there's a slot available (laughs) and going on, going on and uh, going on to get in the shop and doing that on the mobile. Um, But let alone, the likes of the you, you say my mum or whoever mm-hmm. um and the mindset around that for sure yeah. um so and then what about things like setting up accounts checking out that kind of stuff yeah i think i think it's like it's really important to kind of re- remember that for the, for the likes of me that i'm an avid online shopper um you know we do direct to consumer i do yeah. online shopping for grocery etc setting up an account and checking out i don't even think about it and you know a lot of platforms have made it really really yeah. simple and easy but again for the likes of that sort of um, slightly older generation that's just adopting this new way of shopping what could we be doing yeah. to help them uh, to reassure them and give them that support so for example, setting up an online account, you know, it might be good to have an actual telephone yeah. support line where they could walk them through the steps and also giving them that reassurance that mm-hmm. it is, is an actual store and an actual person. It's not anything fraudulent. Um, and then also when it comes to the checkout, you know, this this is again, this is this barrier of, of their bank details and things. Is, is, is there potentially an option where... Mm-hmm they do their food shop online and then then if they'd like the option they could actually you know ring through to to an actual customer service line and pay online that way Uh, again it's just it's removing these barriers creating that uh, level of reassurance to to really nurture this this new customer base yeah no sure and um another area that we were talking about was delivery What, what are your thoughts around that yeah, again, if you're thinking about, you know, um, a person that's living by mm-hmm. themselves, that's been in, in lockdown for a few months, yeah. you know, it's going to be, again, how do you reassure them that the person that is going to be delivering the products, you know, or, or coming on the day? So can we make sure we provide them with the delivery um, driver's name? I do know some platforms do do this uh, well already, but providing them with an SMS yeah. reminder, all these sorts of things just to break down the barriers and reassure them. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense as well, mm. completely. So... I mean, talking about the transition between the services that groceries, you know, CPGs um, do in store, if you like. Yeah. How have you got any thoughts about how they can be transitioned, if you like, to the online environment to kind of almost make it? you know, improve the sort of similarity, if you like, between the two. Yeah, and I mean, this is one that, you know, um, uh, supermarkets were really keen on pushing and to drive footfall in store was providing a whole load of extra services uh, in their supermarkets. You know, yeah. it's worked really, really well. But yeah. as I said, things have changed. So 
I don't have the answer of how yeah. this would work. And I do appreciate the logistics can be pretty tricky. But is there a way in which we can bring some of those in-store services, things like dry cleaning or, you know, mobile phone support and things like that? You know, how do we bring that mm. to their doorstep as well and, and, and really provide that multi-channel um, service for them? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And then there's the whole communication piece, right? So what are, what are your thoughts around how to communicate better yeah. if you like sure those, this is, this is probably one of the, the the biggest ones for me as well so you've got we've talked about the other bits around reassuring them on online security and how do we give them support with setting up an account and checking out and improving communication on delivery and servicing etc but the big bit for me yeah. that i think really needs a lot of uh, focus um is looking at how do you adapt your digital marketing um to really talk to these shoppers um and using the language um that they you know that, that they can relate to and that's mm. relevant to them and uh, and how do you communicate your promotions and what promotions are offered so these are sorts of things that when you're creating your strategies as I said back in 2019 wouldn't really have been considered or built into um, and still in some businesses not all of them but some businesses you know e-commerce was still a kind of afterthought and so it really is here like okay this is the time where online is at the forefront and it's a new change of, of market dynamics so how can digital marketeers change the way in which they talk to this new shopper base um, and I think I think for me it's it's going to have to you, you can't just do it in isolation these sorts of things you're going to have to pick up with your retailers and your pure play customers because you, you're going to need to brainstorm the, storm these things together cross-functionally with your internal teams and your external teams where you can try and you know you need to pull together these new initiatives these new plans so that you can implement them yeah. efficiently and quickly um because i think this has taken you know, as you know everybody by surprise and so it, it's it's really important that you react quickly and we work smartly together but yeah, that, that direct that digital yeah. marketing piece for me is, is a real fundamental area that people need to look at. Yeah. And have you got any sort of thoughts or examples on the actual practicality of that? What, what type of messaging, what type of channels, what sort of routes to market, if you like, almost that would be relevant to that demographic? Yeah, well, I think, again, if you sort of help them through the whole um, setting up and um, the telephone support, et cetera, and you've then got, you can email them and, and SMS them. To me, I think a really good way to approach it would be through that tailorization, the personalized um, digital marketing, um, making sure that you understand this um, sort of new group of shoppers, understand the things that are relevant to them. So I imagine, for example, I know price is always important, but these people are going to be particularly self-conscious in terms of you know their budget that they're going to have to spend um and uh they're going to be looking at how they can stretch out their food shop so so looking at you know what sort of promotions are you offer they offering them so looking at more bulk packs bigger packs maybe offering um, more economy pack size of things um and then using the right sort of language in terms of how you communicate that to them so if you can do that by personalizing um direct uh, email and, and sms messaging to them i think that's probably a really good way to uh to, to win those customers over and nurture them uh, for the future for sure yeah i'm just trying to think about it now because i don't know how savvy that generation is in terms of email particularly i'm thinking of true whether they do you know much about that demographic of whether they are you know used to opening email used to i think text 
is pretty strong, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think even my mum should be texting and stuff. That's pretty ingrained now. That makes sense. Yeah. Email, she isn't, but I'm not saying that she's the only one. I mean, I've got her partner, for example, is completely okay with email and we yeah. communicate quite regularly on that. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking of like this whole idea of, I'm almost thinking like there's going to be a contingent of people who almost need to be educated physically mm-hmm. about this stuff. Because mm. like if my mum was in Morrison's, say, and there was a a free, I don't know, you know, some sort of almost like a, they dressed up a workshop in some way that helped yeah. people who were in store understand how to transition online. Mm-hmm. And there was some sort of incentive involved in it. Like if there was a discount, I know my mum would be there straight away. You know, yeah. Mrs. Mrs. Bargain Hunter of the, of the century, she'd be like, oh, I'm going to get 20 pence off my off my rolls. Yeah. You know, I'll get that training to go online and buy my wine or whatever then in, in, instead. I'm just thinking of how how people would innovate in terms of educating people to go online um, who are currently almost maybe there might be a contingent of people who are risking going to the supermarkets during yeah. lockdown because they're so scared of doing it online. Yeah. And it's reaching those people, I'm thinking, as well, is that that would be almost physical, yeah. you know. Like yeah, a brand really wants to, to help that de- demographic, you know. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's a great idea to be able to have some sort of, like you said, some sort of um, workshop area within store that can be where they can go and ask Q&A sessions or even set up the account there and then with somebody from that supermarket. You know, that would be a really, pretty much like you do when you maybe go and get your, you know, you go and buy a mobile phone. Perhaps there's somebody there that you can go and speak to yeah. and, and set up your yeah. um, online account. They yeah. can walk you through your first sort of shop and show you how to do it. Mm. That sort of thing. It's it really is. It's um they're going to need uh, walking through these things. Just like I mean, it's just a very different mindset. Um, and it's just helping mm. them to get get to that point. And I think in terms of being able to communicate with them, I think, like you said, some people won't be okay with, with email. And again, there's going to still be that concern around, you know, security of things. Yeah. So I think it's going yeah. to have to be a combination approach of things like SMS and uh, and email and in store. Um, and then ultimately, you yeah. know, if you're covering off all of those bases, you, you really are sort of providing a great deal of support. And ultimately, then you've got those shoppers continuing yeah. shopping online. And um, and if you do all the things like um, the sort of things that I, um, I recommend in terms of making sure that you improve user yeah. experience and that you can optimize uh, conversion rates, you're going to be making sure that those shoppers yeah. are also increasing their basket spend. So hopefully it's providing yeah, that good yeah. service for them, but it's also meaning that your business obviously still yeah. gets to be able to churn out what it needs to for yeah. to work online. Yeah, yeah. I mean, interesting, you mentioned about the experience online. I mean, I'm obviously from Segmentify's point of view, it's reasonably straightforward from a, a say, apart from a demographic a minute, in, in the sense that you're trying to provide, you know, the most relevant, journey for them if you like yeah um quickly as possible um so that kind of makes sense but then you know with a with that demographic are there any things that pop out in your mind in in terms of what the user interface what the ux or the journey might need to look like to provide the kind of experience that that demographic would get or it would appeal to them yeah, great question. Have you thought about that at all? Yeah, that's a really good. It's a really good point, and I think 
there's probably not enough known about it yet. So again, in, in the sort of yeah, area yeah. I work in, it would be something that I would look to do uh, an A and B test. So there might be something uh, yeah. where you do, um, you know, you again, you work with a partnership with one of your retailers that you've got you've really good relationships with. And you explain and you say, look, we've yeah. got this new customer base. Can we try some of these different ways of working with them, whether it's simplifying some things whether it's maybe to increase the size of the print on a page you know when I look at one of the things my mum loves about reading a kindle yeah, the fact yeah. that you can increase the size of the print um things like that yeah, would those, so could you run mm. some very sort of yeah. quick and easy a and b tests and then you'll really have a better mm. steer on on what's needed so it's it's probably an area we haven't really yeah. done much focus on I would say uh, most businesses haven't no. Right. So I, I would imagine, yeah, yeah, with a quick bit of A and yeah. B testing, you could get over yeah. a few weeks, you could get some really insightful data from that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, as you say, like, because it's much more physical in mm. that sense, I think even physical focus groups as well would go, go back to old school, you know, yeah. people sat in a room and chatting to them about, you know, market research around what do you need on the website? Exactly. How, if it's like this, is it better than that? Almost physical A-B tests as well as tech ones, yeah. maybe. Yeah, find um, what they need. Yeah, because the interesting thing is, mm. yeah, I mean that 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 dem- demographic, that cohort of people, is not going. It's not getting smaller. No, and it's not going away in inverted commas. It's getting mm. bigger. You know, yeah. as we as we take, <laughs> being frank, we take longer to die, right? Yeah, now, population than we yeah. used to. Um, we're getting older. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So the, the actually, it's it's a common it's it's a demographic of people that we do need to really really consider mm. in terms of. And again, not being cutthroat here, but like from a revenue generation perspective, which all of us brands are yeah. clearly trying to do, it's all about growing revenue. Yeah. Then it is a it is a, a demographic of people that that we need to take note of, and COVID's kind of accelerated that, I think, sure. um, which is kind of the whole point of what we're what we're kind of talking about. Yeah. Um, but I think there's some really good food for thought in there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, really interesting. I mean, in terms of like people getting in touch with you obviously at the moment you know you're running your your consultancy mm-hmm. um and you'd love to continue that and and gain more project work and so on and COVID has kind of put a bit of a slowdown on that but one of the purposes as I mentioned in the show is to is to kind of gain some exposure here with your expertise so if if anyone wants to get in touch with you in terms of putting in you know implementing plans around this or just chatting to you wider about consultancy around their brand what's the best way of them to get hold of you Sure. Yeah, I have um, have my website, which is um, www.econceptconsulting.com, all lowercase, all one word. Or you can find me just on LinkedIn, searching Natalie James uh, or Econcept Consulting and my contact details and further information are there. Okay, excellent. So that's econceptconsulting.com, all one word. And obviously LinkedIn, Natalie James. That's with an IE at the end, isn't it, for Natalie? It is, yeah. Is that normal? Actually, there is no other way, right? Well, actually, over silly. here in France, it often gets an H stuck in there, which is, you know, they don't they don't even pronounce H's over here. Oh, really? Yeah, I often get an H stuck in, okay. in the middle oh. there. So, uh, nope, it's... Oh, good. I've, I've saved myself <laughs> slightly. <there. laughs> Golly. Um, so, okay, great. So, one last thing to ask you. Yeah. I love to ask this um, of all my thought leaders um, mm-hmm. for our audience. Could you give them one kind of, you know, juicy sort of nugget 
to go away with from from the chat today. Sure. So really just to summarise, as, as we've said, that there's been mm-hmm. a huge shift in shopping habits and uh, a shopping demographic as well due to the pandemic and a big shift to online. So I want businesses and brands to really challenge themselves to say, what are we doing to make sure that we are tapping into these new customer base? What are we doing to support them? Um, and make sure that you, yeah, you really do push yourselves. Uh, that way you will set yourself and your business up for success in the future. Yeah, no, sounds perfect. Well, thank you so much for that, Natalie. That was a great uh, chat and uh, thank you for your expertise. And I do hope that you uh, get out of Biarritz uh, safely um, <laughs> soon. Obviously, obviously, you know, enjoy enjoy some sun and sea in the meantime, clearly. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, thanks very much. And thanks, guys, for listening. Um, it's just remains for me to say that if you haven't done so already, please do um, sign up at uh, segmentify.com forward slash podcast. Um, that way you'll get hold of all the podcasts that are already, um, already announced, they're already available there, um, and any future ones that we're bringing out. And clearly to be able to support people like Natalie at the moment in particular, um, whilst we're in lockdown and COVID and so on. Um, If you've got any questions or any particular topics that you want us to research and talk to people about, or of course, if you want to be involved in the show, um, please email me anytime at phil at segmentify.com. And uh, yeah, just have a great day, guys. Stay safe and strong. Thanks again, Natalie. And um, we look forward to um, seeing you all again. Put us to the test and let us prove we can drive more revenue for you. Sign up for a completely free proof of concept or split test against your current provider. Set up and optimized by our team within a few days at segmentify.com slash demo.